as the sunlight fades to darkness. The frightful tales creep into your mind. It's time to give in to your fear. Tonight, there will be no sleep. I can't sleep. And now he was listening. Brace yourself for the No Sleep Podcast. It's episode two of season three. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Cummings. We have four tales for you this time, featuring stories about strange noises and how they can signal ominous things to come. I'm proud to announce to our listeners that the No Sleep podcast has been nominated for a Parsec Award. The Parsec Awards are the oldest and most prestigious awards given out in the world of speculative fiction podcasting. Speculative fiction is the writing of tales based around the genres of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. We are nominated in multiple categories for individual stories and overall podcast. Whether we win or not, it's nice to receive that kind of positive attention. The winners will be announced at the end of August, so until then, it's fingers crossed. As the calendar changes to June, it brings to mind the events of two years ago at this time. It was in early June of 2011 that this podcast was preparing to launch its very first episode. It's hard to believe it's been that long. With that in mind, I would like to invite everyone to join us on June 13th to celebrate the second anniversary of the show. I'll be releasing a special bonus episode for everyone. It's my way of saying thanks to all who have made the past two years so special and frightening. So check your feeds or visit thenosleeppodcast.com on Thursday, June 13th for the anniversary show. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's time to delve into this episode's tales. So let's start the show. Our first tale is about one of the most mundane parts of life, the commute home after a long, hard day of work. Author Michael Whitehouse weaves a tale for us about a woman who boards a late-night bus and yearns for a quick ride home but she soon realizes that her bus ride is going to be anything but peaceful when she discovers she is not alone on the bus. 
She is there along with the passenger. Several months ago, a friend of mine alerted me to a puzzling incident on an inner-city bus. Being a bus driver himself, he had heard many of the usual generic stories that would be exchanged around the depot. Muggings, broken windows, the occasional couple attempting drunken sex. Some drivers even spoke of ghostly passengers who would pay their fare, take a seat on the upper deck and then vanish without a trace. Those latter stories were ones which my friend enjoyed hearing, but never took seriously, considering them to be merely fictitious entertainment shared amongst co-workers, alleviating the tediousness of an empty depot at night. That was until a fellow driver told him about Ruby. So intrigued by the account was I that I took the time to contact all involved, piecing together exactly what occurred as best I could. Ruby was a pleasant woman, even though she had reason not to be. In her early forties, life was much harder than it should have been, each day a struggle. Burdened by relative poverty since a child, she was compelled to spend most of her time scrimping and saving via two jobs, both of which she found neither well-paid nor enjoyable, but her current financial situation dictated the need. During the day, she worked as many hours as possible at a supermarket, stocking shelves and occasionally bagging groceries at the tills. At night, she would attend her second job as a cleaner at a factory, manufacturing, of all things, cleaning products. At the end of each drawn-out, tiresome day, Ruby would return home at night via a long and vapid bus journey, with just enough time to kiss her 13-year-old daughter Angela on the head, whispering sweet dreams to her as she slept, before herself turning in. This short, private moment of affection was what carried Ruby through her day, as it was for her daughter that she struggled. Angela's father had abandoned her when she was just two years old, and with no other family to speak of, at least none who could be relied upon, Ruby was left to work her fingers to the bone each day, clothing and feeding her daughter while paying for a series of crippling medical bills brought about by the child's severe asthma. She, of course, did not grudge the situation, for her daughter's condition had improved markedly, and that sentiment meant more to her than any amount of work or hardship ever could. One night, Ruby was asked to work a few extra hours at the factory. While she was tired and yearned rest, she accepted the offer gratefully, as more hours meant less debt, and simply could not afford to decline the opportunity. At 11.37pm, following the end of her shift, she stood at the nearest bus stop, illuminated by an overhead street lamp in the darkness, waiting with heavy eyelids for the last bus of the night to arrive. Thankfully, 
The wait was not long, and soon the elongated vehicle cumbersomely inched up the road, slowing, then stopping, opening its hydraulic doors with a hiss, welcoming her into its embrace. The driver, a balding and irritable man who appeared equally as tired, grumbled for Ruby to pay her fare, which she did after rifling through her handbag for some loose change, much to the driver's annoyance. In a dazed lethargy, she wandered down the aisle, taking a seat next to a window at the back. As she prepared herself for the long, boring route home, the vehicle shuddered back into life, pulling away from the pavement and continuing on its final journey for the night. The engine growled, the vibrations climbing up the frame of the bus, rattling the window slightly and causing the chair, which Ruby now slumped in, to quiver in response. The vehicle had seen better days and was clearly reaching the end of its life, the grime on the windows and floor a congealed reminder of the countless thousands who had sat in each of the seats, weary and thinking of home. She wondered how long it had been since it was last cleaned. With each turn of a corner, the bus juddered from side to side, and while the bright fluorescent lights, which beamed down from the sterile fittings in the ceiling above, were enough to keep anyone awake, she found that sleep lay at the forefront of her mind. But for the driver, the bus lay empty, as best she could tell as the upper deck remained obscured. As is quite common of weary commuters, she lay her head against the vibrating window to her side and persuaded herself that it would be fine to just rest her eyes for a moment. As the bus turned yet another corner, the soothing, shaking movements rocked its lonely passenger gently to sleep. How long her eyes had been closed for, she did not know, but as her conscious mind came back sharply into focus from its slumber, the concern of having missed her stop presented itself. She detested leaving her daughter alone in the first place, never mind for any longer than was necessary. This worry, however, was soon replaced by something else. An uncomfortable sensation of personal boundary and social convention broken. For as Ruby's eyes adjusted to the jagged fluorescent lighting once more, and the bus itself shook and grunted along the darkened concrete below, she stared at her reflection in the window, a mere image now altered from what it had been before. A chill crept up her spine as she viewed the appearance of her own overworked and worried features alongside the strange impression of the person now sitting in the seat next to her. As the city lights flashed by from outside, Ruby stared at the window momentarily. Then, nonchalantly, she turned her head to look around deliberately avoiding staring at the individual beside her. But this only added to the sense of unease. For other than herself, the driver, and the passenger, there was no one else present. This was not unusual, as public transport was never that busy at night, except during the weekends, 
the city quite happily asleep or readying itself for bed, only to wake in the morning for work. But what concerned her was that a person would choose to sit next to a perfect stranger on an empty bus at night when they were surrounded by vacant seats. Not wishing to be rude, she continued to gaze at the reflection as the passenger's appearance captivated her attention, being unusual somehow. Head bowed as if staring at the ground, features obscured by the hood of a dark green jacket. This also added to the peculiarity of the individual, as it was a summer's night, and yet the person was dressed for winter. For a little while they sat in silence, but as the bus continued on its journey, Ruby felt increasingly agitated, partly by the proximity of her unwelcome companion, but more so by an unknown factor. She could not truly identify why she was so anxious, but a nervousness had begun to overcome her, and the silence, which proved the only buffer between them, poked and prodded at that sense of discomfort, pulling away at it like a scab. As seats rattled and the floor vibrated with each uneven depression of the road, she peered out of the window once more, attempting to allay her unquestionable yet unexplained trepidation. The street which they were currently on was familiar to her, and with a welcome sigh, Ruby realized that she had not slept long enough to miss her stop. The sense of relief was enough to momentarily overcome her apprehension, and while caught in a more positive frame of mind, she began to consider simply talking to her unexpected traveling companion to break the uncomfortable silence of one sitting so close. Slowly, she turned to the passenger, laying her eyes upon the figure. Their appearance was far removed from the distance and unreality of their mere image. Immediately, Ruby felt frightened, as if staring at someone who should not be. The dark green jacket was dirtied and scuffed in places, with a blackened material around the rim of the hood, where once a lighter color had ruled, and it occurred to Ruby that she had not seen anything like it for many years. Made from waxed canvas, a raincoat in style, yet seemingly untouched by water for some time. The passenger's gender was a mystery as what could be made out of his or her features implied neither, yet both. With head still bowed and staring down at the ground, the tip of a nose could be seen, the impression of a chin given, yet nothing more. It's getting a little cold in here, said Ruby. Half statement, the rest a question. Yet the passenger did not answer remaining focused on the floor beneath their feet, the bus shuddering once more as it negotiated the city streets, devoid of life. A few minutes passed before, anxious at the lack of a reply, Ruby spoke once more, remarking that the driver had seemed a little grumpier than usual, concluding the observation with a nervous, gentle laugh. Yet again, the passenger said nothing. Watching the world pass by outside, 
she decided that two attempts of conversation were quite enough. She would leave him or her alone and hoped that the rest of the journey did not drag on too much, as a desire to be away from the strange person sitting beside her grew. Then, a sound. An unnerving noise, one which crawled under her skin, of nail upon wood. Turning slowly to face her unwelcome companion once more, she found them staring down at the ground as they had always been, yet the sound was coming from that seat, scratching, tearing. The passenger's hands were now poking through the gap between his or her own legs, dragging nails up and down against the wooden underneath which supported the cushioned material on which they sat in a horrible, stuttering motion. The sound pierced the air and eardrums, increasing in volume until Ruby, tired and now irritable, could no longer endure it. Could you stop that, please? She asked. Yet it continued. Please stop that, Ruby said, this time in a forceful tone, sharpened by exhaustion. The passenger ceased, and yet did not move, nor face her, nor even acknowledge her presence. Agitated, yet relieved in a sense, Ruby gazed out of the window once more, trying to extinguish the growing sense of annoyance which was now building inside. She took a deep breath in and calmed herself with the knowledge that she would soon be home. Rummaging through her handbag, she found a half-eaten packet of mints and began to unravel them before popping one into her mouth. Looking up, what she now saw froze her to the core. The passenger's face peered out from behind her head, eyes deep and blackened, mouth deformed and skewed gaping wide, captured hideously in the glass reflection. She screamed at the sight of the face. Shock turned to fear, and fear leapt to panic as she yelled and pleaded for the driver to help. The reflection leaned in as a rasp of cold breath climbed down the back of her neck, body quivering in revulsion as the passenger placed a shriveled hand on her shoulder, two of the fingers long since removed at the knuckle. The touch was cold, and it awoke a sense of fear Ruby had never known. Clawing for survival, she shrieked as the distorted hand pulled her close. With effort steeped in terror, she tore away from the abhorrent grip, leaping into the seat in front, scrambling over the aisle and falling to the ground. The bus vibrated and rattled and hissed and groaned as the passenger rose slowly to its feet, head bowed, shrouded by hood, dark green and tattered. Please, God, help me! Ruby screamed, pulling herself along the floor by her fingertips. Following intently, the passenger stepped out into the aisle and proceeded slowly to make its way towards her. Scrambling and terrified, Ruby pulled herself to her feet, 
but as she did so, the bus veered wildly, untamed across the road. She stumbled against the momentum, but the hooded figure remained rooted and firm. The engine now roared and growled as it tore down the wrong side of a main road, then swerved around a corner onto a side street, yet the passenger stepped assuredly ever forward. As the vehicle raged onward, Ruby screamed for the driver to stop, but then it occurred to her the bus had long since left its planned route. It screeched across concrete before hurtling down a lane which was barely wide enough to house a car, let alone anything more substantial. Then, just as suddenly, the driver slammed on the brakes as the bus lurched to the side before coming to an abrupt halt. Thrown by the force, Ruby grasped onto a seat to brace her fall. The engine roar diminished to a weak whimper as the passenger stepped forward once more. Bruised and shaken, Ruby stumbled to the front of the bus, bashing her hands in desperation against the closed sliding doors. No matter how loud she yelled, no matter how many times she struck with the sides of her fists against the metal and glass, it would not yield. She was trapped. Turning to plead with the driver to open the door to his cabin and shield her from the monstrosity bearing down upon her, she saw that it was too late. There he lay, draped across the wheel, unconscious or dead, his body entombed in the glass cubicle, the release button for the bus door goading her from the dashboard on the other side. Escape was inches away, yet denied by a panel of safety glass which she did not have the strength to break. A hush then fell as the figure continued towards her. Please leave me alone, Ruby begged, fighting back tears. Yet the passenger did not answer. The head remained bowed as each footstep cleanly and clearly knocked on the floor, one after the other, closer, nearer. What do you want from me? But again, no answer, for a thing which should not be needs no justification. Tears now flowed down Ruby's face as terror spread like a cancer clouding her thoughts and stemming her actions. Yet the passenger grew closer still, unmoved by her pleas. In a fit of utter desperation, Ruby turned to the driver once more. Wake up! Please, God damn it, wake up! She cried, but he remained motionless. However, the passenger did not. It was upon her, standing only inches away, the muddied green raincoat sheltering a grotesque being implied inside. Raising its shriveled, deformed, and incomplete hand in the air, Ruby cowered, but as the figure came at her, she ducked out of the way at the very last second. Countless shards of glass rained over her as the passenger's half-fist impacted against the driver's cabin with brutal force, 
shattering the protective shell. Thrust by instinct, Ruby poked her hand into the cabin, battering the release button next to the driver's head. The doors seethed open, and just as the passenger raised its hand once more, Ruby escaped into the night. The police were called and quickly attended the scene, only to find the driver covered in glass, dazed but alive and well. He remembered very little of what took place, as the last thing he recalled was Ruby paying her fare before he then passed out. There was no memory of driving the bus on the final leg of its journey, nor did he possess any knowledge of the hooded passenger who had smashed the driver's cabin. With no small amount of digging on my part, I was able to contact Ruby, who, after a little persuasion, spoke to me in detail about that night. The entire ordeal had taken its toll upon her, but she was not thankless for the experience. For despite not being on its route, the bus had mysteriously stopped outside of her home. Stricken with terror, she had instinctively entered her tiny apartment and locked the door behind her. But along with phoning for the police, she quickly had to call for an ambulance. Her daughter had suffered a terrible asthma attack and lay moments from death on the floor. Thankfully, she survived. The police found no evidence for the passenger. No CCTV footage, nor eyewitnesses. It was as if the hooded figure had vanished without a trace. All but for one chilling reminder that it had been there. For under the seat where it had sat was a message clawed into the wood underneath. Two words which simply read, Not yet. In Ruby's mind, those words have haunted her more than any hooded figure ever could. For, if not yet, when? episode has come to an end. Thank you for spending time with us at the No Sleep Podcast. If you would like to learn how you can hear the full-length version of this episode featuring many more stories, please visit thenosleeppodcast.com and click on the Season Pass link. Purchasing a Season Pass will help support everyone who contributes to the podcast. And in return, you'll get 25 full-length episodes and three exclusive bonus episodes, all for only $19.99. This is David Cummings. Thank you for listening, and join us again for the next episode of the No Sleep Podcast. <laughs>